episode yo because um i just realized that um january 16th was my first ever episode called anchorman it's this is king known uncensored and this is my one year anniversary y'all and i don't know what to say right now man it just doesn't feel like a year has gone by since i've been on anchor I've been podcasting since 2017. For those that don't know, I started on YouTube and SoundCloud. And then, you know, once SoundCloud got into the uh, copyright business, all of my podcasts were shut down. And I moved to YouTube permanently. My first show was called King Known Talking Shit. And I did about maybe a hundred episodes of that. And then I rebranded, switched to King Known Uncensored, did about a hundred shows then. And then, you know, my brother introduced me to Anchor and the rest is history. That's all I can really tell you. This nigga just told me, hey bro, you can make money off your podcast and get monetized and this and that and the third. And I was like, I'm in there like swimwear. Once I did the first episode, I mean, I'm already comfortable with doing this shit. I've been doing this shit a long ass time. So I have the chops. I have the entertainment value. But what made me want to do podcasting? I mean, I'm going to just be honest with you. I just want to get paid to just talk shit. That's it. I'm not a reporter. I don't know any basketball players, any famous ones. I've met a couple. I'm not plugged into the league. I'm just a basketball fan that loves to talk that basketball shit. And I feel like I could go at any one of them niggas, any one of those professional niggas. But unfortunately, my mouth pause is a potty mouth. And I would love to just do uncensored sports talk. And then, you know, I follow a lot of cats on YouTube that do similar content to me because I look up to them and I respect them because they built their following from the bottom up. And I've been, you know, it's an honor to have as many episodes as I've had over the years. And a lot of people ask me, like, how come I don't have any guests? How come I don't have a co-host? It's very simple. I want something that I can build on my own. 
I feel like one of those people that, you know, if I were to have guests, I would have them on my YouTube page, more than likely. Or I would feature on someone else's show. And that would be the closest thing you could get to like a feature. But um, my bad, man. If the sound is a little bit too loud, if the music's a bit too loud, I forgot to uh, turn my shit down. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But this has been a great year. I mean, if you want to know, like, my favorite episodes, you can check out my episode uh, 2022, A Year in Review, to review my favorite episodes and a look back at all my content that I've released over the years. You know, I am King Known Uncensored, and I do NBA talk, and I do urban music talk. Just wanted to give you all a nice little introduction on why I do what I do. And it's very simple. I'm just a nigga that likes to talk shit. Now that we got that out of the way, Luka Doncic, according to the streets, wants the Dallas Mavericks to offer a trade to the Miami Heat for Jimmy Butler. I mean, (laughs) we know that this ain't going to happen. We know this is not realistic. But, I mean, from an honest standpoint, Dallas can offer Miami a deal, but I don't think Miami would take it. I mean, I think Miami's invested into Jimmy Butler. And I truly think that um, he's going to stay on the Miami Heat for the rest of his career. I don't see him getting traded. Like, that $40 million is hard. I mean, I can see why Luka would want a guy like that because Jimmy can, you know... Give Luca some breathing room because Luca's always handling the ball, always stuffing the stat sheet. Jimmy Butler's another guy that can do what Luca does. They're very similar players as far as their ball dominance. But the difference between Jimmy Butler and Luca Doncic is Jimmy Butler is naturally unselfish. So much so that some games he doesn't even score. And Jimmy Butler is also a two-way player. You know, something that Luka is not. And Jimmy is one of maybe the 10 two-way players that we have in this league. But me personally, I don't see that this I don't see that trade happening. Despite the Mavericks having the assets, but you would have to give up half of the team to get Jimmy Butler. Miami would probably want first-round picks, probably Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., three first-round picks. And then, bam, it would be basically Bam's team after all is said and done. Um, Chris Paul and Cam Johnson ended up returning, uh, I believe it was yesterday, against the Memphis Grizzlies. They look kind of all right, especially Chris Paul. Chris Paul had a really big game last night. And I didn't even know they were back. Like, they just came out of nowhere and were listed as probable. 
Cam Johnson is coming off of a torn meniscus, and Chris Paul, I think, is coming off of an ankle injury. So Phoenix better be thankful to God that they both returned because Phoenix was slipping down the Western Conference. Now, with Paul back in the lineup, you got some leadership and some veteran veteran uh, presence on the team. And Cam Johnson, he's a streaky shooter, a great three-point shooter, underrated defensive player, in my opinion. That could be a band-aid until Devin Booker returns to the lineup. Once Booker returns, I think Phoenix will, you know, make the playoffs. I just don't think they'll win a playoff series. All right, the Los Angeles Lakers finally make a move. A lot of people have been speculating. All year, the Lakers have been in trade rumors for damn near every superstar that's on a mid-ass team that you can think of. They even, like, had Kevin Durant and Kyrie trade rumors going to L.A. and shit. Just some straight weirdo bullshit. But they finally did a realistic trade today. So... The finalized deal was Rui, the Lakers received Rui Hashimura and the Wizards, the, the Washington Wizards get in return Kendrick Nunn, a 2023 second round pick via Chicago, a 2029 LA second round pick and another 2028 Washington First round pick. So Washington gets their 2028 second round pick. So that's three second round picks in Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hashimura. Do I think Rui Hashimura is worth that? No. I mean, hasn't the Lakers sacrificed enough of their future letting Jordan Clarkson, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, D'Angelo Russell depart the Lakers. Haven't they already sacrificed enough of their future? Now they're giving up second round picks. I mean, yes, I do like them picking up Rui Hashimura because Rui Hashimura is an upgrade from Kendrick Nunn, who only had a couple of decent games on the Lakers. I mean, Nunn missed an entire season. And then when he got back, he was inconsistent. But I do truly hope that Kendrick Nunn bounces back and returns to that Miami Heat Kendrick Nunn. I mean, he's young. He's only, what, 23 or 24 years old? Like, I think he still has a lot of basketball left. And I'm hoping that, it, I mean, Washington did need a solid backup point guard because we know that Monte Morris is the point guard there. And I think it's a decent pickup for Washington. I think that Kendrick Nunn can erase the L.A. part of his career and pretty much resurrect himself back into that potential Kendrick Nunn. And 
um, sticking to the Lakers uh, subject matter, um, the, the Portland Trailblazers blew a huge lead last night to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers ended up beating the Blazers last night in embarrassing fashion as Patrick Beverly faked the game time celebration and took the watch off and put it in his pants. <laughs> this nigga, Damian Lillard, called Patrick Beverly flip from above the rim. That was funny as hell. And you know, Patrick Beverly said that he locked up Dame and the clock is broken, the clock needs fixing, you know, shit like that. But the Portland Trailblazers are 100% to blame for that loss. I mean, this was poor execution by the Portland Trailblazers, poor coaching by Chauncey Phillips. I love me some Chauncey Phillips, but he was horrible. Like, Anthony Simons hit six threes in a quarter. And then you end up sitting him for a large part of the third quarter as the Lakers went on their run. You called timeout and didn't put him back in the game. Until, like, until it was like, Pretty much the Lakers were back in the game by the time Simons came back in. And then Simons ended up going cold. Damian Lillard was horrible last night. He was fucking awful. I know a lot of y'all gonna hear it and say, oh man, you know, it was Tuesday last night, no wonder. Fuck y'all. I mean, I know Dane bounced back tonight and had a better game against San Antonio. But um, this was just bad execution. And then a lot of the turnovers were cartoonish at best. It was just like, damn, you just opened up the door wide for Los Angeles to get back in the game. And that was just an embarrassing loss. Sticking to the Lakers once again. The Los Angeles Lakers star Anthony Davis continues to make pain-free progress on his right foot, and there's optimism he'll turn to the lot return to the lineup as soon as late next week. The Lakers start a five-game trip on January a five-game road trip on January 28th against Boston. I mean, AD returning to the Lakers lineup is going to be a boost. I mean, this dude was averaging. A double-double. Like, this guy is a beast. He was averaging, what, 27 and 12 this year? So that would be a a much-lifted boost to Los Angeles. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets are prepared to take calls on Gordon Hayward. I mean, I'm not surprised. Duh. I'm pretty sure they've already been... Well, maybe they were... Uh, making the calls. I don't think anybody's really going to call about Gordon Hayward, even though I've done shows about what trades teams should do. I think Hayward should be a hot name on the market. But Hayward has been in and out of the lineup with injuries for the last at least five or six years. Hayward has not been the same since he broke his leg in half on the Celtics. 
mean, like I told y'all before, I feel like Miami should be the team to gamble on him. Miami or Philly. I would love to see Gordon Hayward on Miami and Philly coming off the bench. The Indiana Pacers are willing to trade for Ben Simmons. I know a lot of y'all is going to be like, no, they shouldn't do it. I'm like, listen, Brooklyn, if you've seen Ben Simmons this season, and you know the history of Ben Simmons, even when he was in his prime, this nigga just don't got it no more. Now, he's an incredible passer still. He's still athletic. He still can play decent defense. But offensively, he is a liability. And he doesn't have, he has little to no confidence. It's looking like a depressed man out there. It looks like he doesn't even want to play basketball sometimes. And he's been up and down all season. He hasn't been consistent. He still can't average 13, 8, and 10. As simple as that is. As easy as that is. Brooklyn, cut your losses. Let them go. This man is making $37 million and can't even average double digits per game. This dude is putting up Draymond Green numbers. No disrespect to Draymond, but y'all know what I'm getting at here. I think Draymond is better than Ben Simmons right now. Yeah, I said it. And I don't give a fuck. If Indiana wants that nigga, give him up. Nigga, I'll take Andrew Nimhard, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith. Just get rid of this motherfucker, man. This is your way out. This is a team that's interested in somebody that's hogging your salary cap. If you could get rid of that dude and get some key pieces over there, hell, you could try to get Miles Turner for Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? Get that Miles Turner, Buddy Heel thing going on. Do the trade that the Lakers could not do. I mean, Sean Marks is willing to talk to anybody. Now, this report, okay, man, I got a question. Is Chicago going to blow this team up or not? Me, I don't feel like they should. I know I talk about this all the time. I know y'all tired of this shit, but people keep reporting that Chicago Bulls plan to blow up their roster. I don't think they're going to do it this year. I think they should thug it out the rest of the season and go as far as you possibly can. I truly believe that they can win out of the play-in. They have the roster to do so. Like, I watched the game tonight of them playing against the Atlanta Hawks. They definitely have what it takes to get out of the playing at least. Now, I reported last show about Serge Ibaka, you know, and the Milwaukee Bucks agreeing to find a destination for Ibaka due to him falling out of the rotation. Now, the Miami Heat, the Brooklyn Nets, and Atlanta Hawks are monitoring Serge Ibaka. 
and he can help all three teams. Miami Heat needs a better backup big man who can stretch it out for three. He would fit that Miami system like a glove. And he would also fit the Brooklyn Nets, who need a shot blocker. Atlanta Hawks, same thing. Okung, can you imagine Okungwu, Capella, and Ibaka on the same team? Ain't gonna be no free layups off that bitch. And sticking to the Miami topic, Miami, which has set its potential trade net as far as and why is the trade deadline nears? They are looking to acquire Malik Beasley and Kelly Olenek for a package built around Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, and a combination of picks and young players. Though Miami remains reluctant to put rookie Nikola Jovich in any deals, a stance that could change as soon as the deadline approaches. For a trade to work, the Heat would likely have to give up several assets. I don't think that you would have to give up that much to get Malik Beasley and Kelly Olenek. I mean, giving up Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, and a couple of picks, maybe a first and a second or something like that, I think the Jazz would be open to that. I don't think it's going to be that difficult. I wouldn't think that they would have to uh, include Nikola Jovich in any of these deals. Um, Jonathan Isaac, after two years out of the NBA, he has not played since the bubble. He has returned for the Orlando Magic tonight. And he scored 10 points in 10 minutes of action and limited minutes. He showed that he uh, improved his jump shot. He was always a good defensive player to me. And, you know, this is a 6'11", small four who can ball. And I'm surprised that the Orlando Magic don't run enough zone because they have all these tall players, like a bunch of players that are over 6'8". And many seven-footers. Like the Magic next year, they're going to be a problem. Especially if they end up keeping all those players. But shout out to Jonathan Isaac, though. Welcome back. Um, The Minnesota Timberwolves are considering trading Rudy Gobert at the deadline. I'm dead. Like, who the fuck would take that contract? I mean, Minnesota, you made your bed of nails. Now you got to sleep in them bitches and let the nails poke you where the sun don't fucking shine. Like, you made that mistake by trading your, mortgaging your entire future on a center that's soft as fuck, who's the softest 7-3 nigga in the league. You got to deal with that mid-pack. Like, straight up, like, where would Gobert go? Back to Utah? (laughs) What would you be able to get from Rudy Gobert? I wouldn't think much. I mean, hey, 
maybe a Rudy Gobert for Gordon Hayward trade wouldn't be far-fetched. That's the only thing that I can see. It's him going to the Hornets. And that would be pretty cool. That wouldn't be that bad. A Rudy Gobert for Gordon Hayward trade. Two former Utah Jazz niggas doing nothing with their lives. I think that would be the perfect trade. They can just make that shit straight up. No picks, no nothing. Now, the Washington Wizards have made Kyle Kuzma unavailable after trading Rui Hashimura to the uh, Washington Wizards. The Wizards are committed to building around Kyle Kuzma, who's averaging a career-high 22 points per game with 8 rebounds and 4 six. I mean, that sounds like a great decision to me. And I feel like the uh, the Wizards should really re-sign him and pay him the max. It's very simple. And those are my thoughts on that. Oh, man. Let's move on to the final act of my anniversary. We got two albums in 2023. I dug to the end of the earth. I dug like those motherfucking slaves dug from the south to the north to be free to get these two new projects. Now, I was informed that Bodie James dropped a surprise album either yesterday or today, but he dropped a whole new project with producer Rich Gangs called Rich Gaines called Indiana Jones. Now, let's see what Bodie James got. Let's go track by track like we always do. I have not done an album review in so long, so don't mind me if I'm rusty. Saints and Sinners featuring Cassie Joe Craig. This was pretty damn good. Not gonna hold you. You know, it's just basically calling out people who think they're saints, but they're really sinners. Dopey featuring Sir Michael Rocks from The Cool Kids. Uh, Sir Michael Rocks makes three appearances on this album. And Dopey, this was pretty good. Not gonna hold you. Wrong Side of Town featuring And One and Jonathan Chapman. This is one of the standout songs on the album where Bodie James explains something that went wrong with somebody, but they didn't have their gun or their weapon. This is about a person who got caught slipping. Electric Blue with Jonathan Chapman. That was cool. SOS, this shit pissed me off. SOS featuring Chuxta. Um, it kind of pissed me off because Chuxta was going. And this sample is one of my favorite Barry White songs. And... Bodie James went completely the fuck off beat. This was probably the only song that I was like disappointed in. I mean, I'm gonna still play it. Don't get me wrong, I'm not skipping it. But it was kind of disappointing that Bodie chose that flow for that record. Next up, Hunted Sales. Hunted Sales featuring Cassie, Joe Craig, and Sir Michael Rocks. This was pretty good. Not going to lie. Still slapping featuring Detroit King tape. I mean, it could have done without Detroit King tape on here. Not going to hold you. 
I like Voldy's verse and his hook. No extender, definitely one of the better songs on there. Never had a friend. I kind of like the voice that Boldy is using on this song. I enjoyed that. Frozen featuring Cassie, Joe Craig. Pretty good. B-22s. This was a album filler. Eight Days featuring Goo-Wop and Jonathan Chapman. This was pretty, pretty straight. Tell It All is just very simple. Straight to the point. It's about rats. Rat-ass niggas. Cat Eyes is pretty much the closest thing you're going to get to a girl song on here. Where Bodie James details um, everything that he wants in a woman. I mean, he wants his girl pretty, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't have to have a cleavage, big fat ghetto booty, and a ghetto attitude. Those are that's what I got out of that song. Now, Muchas Gracias featuring Detroit King Tape. Detroit King Tape um bought it on this record. He did a lot better than he did on the first song. Another bando featuring Jai Amani, dope as fuck. It was cool. I like that. And Dead Game featuring Sammy Hike and Sir Michael Rocks. Pretty good. All in all, Boldy James and Rich Gangs, Indiana Jones, is a pretty solid project. Another great addition to the Boldy James catalog. I mean, Boldy James is still sharp, you know, in prayers to him on his recovery from his car accident. I'm so glad that we got to hear new music from him. Actually, the uh, album was released on January 20th, 2023. So this was four days ago. Yeah, it definitely was a surprise because I for sure ain't hear about it until this morning. You know, I saw it in an article or whatever, and I was like, word, I'm going to go get that, listen to that today and review the album. But I definitely enjoyed this project. Um, The only disappointment I had was SOS. The rest of the album pretty much flowed well together. Now, QC signed a new artist. I think they signed her about two months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Rapper Gloss Up from Memphis. Another Memphis artist. Another Memphis female artist. I mean, she's close friends with Glorilla. And she released uh, her debut mixtape before the Gloss Up. Now, I had heard a lot of Gloss Up's verses on a lot of Memphis Axe albums like Duke Deuce and Glorilla. I've heard them collaborate before. So, I, you know, and then just to find out that she ended up signing with QC, I think that's a perfect fit for her. You know, because QC is snatching up people as well. So let's get into Before the Gloss Up. This should be short and sweet. Pussycat. Honestly, this is my least favorite song on here. It's just another song that 
basically states you gotta have money to get this pussy. It's that simple. Lemon pepper, um, gloss up definitely flows well to the track. Gymnastics is another record where it's just like a freestyle to me. It sounds like a freestyle, in my opinion. From cross cross the way with Icewear Bezo. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not the biggest fan of Icewear Bezo. I don't really care for his music like that, but he went hard on him. Him and Gloss Up are a pretty good match. I mean, Icewear Bezo is also slimed to uh, QC. But um, from Cross the Way, though, definitely a banger. Love it. Best Friend featuring Glorilla. These two are a match made in heaven. Um, this should definitely be a single if it's not already. Um, it's basically a song talking about how if their best friend gets into a confrontation, they can't sit and just watch them fight. They have to jump in and defend their friend, even if it means jumping somebody. Eeny, meeny, money mo featuring K Carbon, Aleza, and Slime Roni. I think this is a pretty dope-ass posse cut. I think all four of these uh, rappers bring it on here. Revenge, self-explanatory, pretty good record, not complaining about it. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes is very catchy. It's a very catchy street record. Love it. Hold Me Down, I love the vibe of this record. Shod Beats, kill this beat. It samples Groove Theory, Tell Me. Even though Gloss Up's flow didn't match the beat, I, this is still a record that I would play because strictly off vibe, not necessarily lyrical ability, but just the vibe of the record. But um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's pretty straight. Mad 304, basically Mad Ho, Dope, Good Days, Bad Days is probably the best song on here, in a nutshell. Like, this is her expressing herself and showing substance. And then Point to Prove is also a record with substance. All in all, Gloss Up showed her possible potential. This could be a female rapper that could break through mainstream. And I'm going to be honest. I think that she's better than Glorilla, in my opinion. Because Glorilla seems like, no disrespect, I feel like Glorilla is a one-trick pony. I'm going to just be completely honest with y'all. I feel like Gloss Up has more talent, is more versatile. Not trying to pit them against each other, but we just speaking on people that's on the similar, on the same level. I mean, she has the potential to be another Lotto, another Megan Thee Stallion. Has the potential to be on that particular level. Not necessarily the Little Kim, the Eve, the Foxy Brown level of female rappers, but more along the lines of the current rappers. 
I mean, before the gloss up, I definitely enjoyed this project, though. I'm definitely going to bump a lot of these songs. But that's my show. I appreciate y'all for checking out my anniversary episode. Thank you so much. This is King Known Radio. King Known Uncensored, I mean. And I'm gone.